Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, good evening, welcome to the Christmas Spurs show special and we dispense with the normal Glory Glory Tottenham Hotspur and the song you heard there was the dulcet tones of Glenn Hoddle singing John Lennon's classic This Is Christmas, War Is Over from the wonderful 1981 Tottenham Hotspur party album which as a kid I I played, some people played Darts Like The Mood over and over again I played the Tottenham Hotspur party album over and over again but some great sort of knees up classics so there we are, welcome Welcome, uh, Merry Christmas to you all. Thanks for downloading us. Uh, we've got two guests in the studio tonight, and hopefully one on the phone uh, as well. Uh, joining us, making his debut tonight, the man, if you ever come to the Spurs live show, he's the man who puts together the wonderful montages uh, of the highlights of our, our guests. So it's lovely that he's finally actually come on the show proper. Ross Siegel joins us. Thank you. Hello. Nice Thank to see you. Thank you very Thank much you. for coming along. You're just a little bit there. Right, right, right in there. There we go. And a man hasn't been on this season yet. No. But I think it's been on pretty much every season since we've done the show. Uh, I TV think I missed 2007 8. Oh, did you? That was the yeah. first, maybe the first year. Well, the man that, again, Spurs fans might know from his wonderful Away Day videos that you can still probably get on archived YouTube. I don't know if you'll still do them, we'll find out. They've moved over the dark web, you know, yeah. The dark web. Yeah. Oh, really? So, so they're a bit harder to find. But Why did uh, you stop doing them? Just couldn't be asked. Well, lots of reasons. But Tim, my, uh, yeah. my, my partner, mm. my life Tottenham life partner mm. he's gone off to make children now uh, so yeah unfortunately he's got obligations he needs to fill and um, they don't include going to Burnley on a Wednesday night anymore there we are but we get lots of we get lots of messages on Twitter demanding people are quite aggressive oh really yeah they want to know where the F the, the yeah. videos are and yeah, why we the F get that making the them so yeah. oh well yeah maybe, one day maybe if they you know you started charging for them maybe then you know <laughs> then I'd have yeah then you have no one no one watching. 
0.5 pence. Exactly. Uh, anyway, so lots to cover. Don't forget that we'll do a, a, a special mini pod, which will be available in a few days' time, which will just look at the games coming up over the Yuletide season. Uh, but we uh, played on Saturday um, a game that I think many sort of old-style Spurs fans thought, oh, God, I can see this one going wrong. But it didn't. We were magnificent for 70 minutes. We beat Southampton 2-0. Ross, what did you think? Amazing. Especially after the, the Newcastle game. Yeah. You think, oh, this is going to be a bit of a banana skin again. Mm. But to, be, to, to keep a clean sheet, first of all. Yeah. And then to, it seems like for most of the game, I outplayed them. It was amazing. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. No, really, really good. Dan, you, you, were, you were there in person mm. uh, at the Samara Stadium. What, what, was the, what was the sort of the vibe in the away end after sort of 15, 20 minutes when we were holding on a bit? Yeah, pretty angry, actually. <laughs> there, there was a real sort of like feeling of frustration. There was just a, a, a... Sometimes you feel with Pochettino that like we're... Even though we look so solid, this looks like such a good team, that maybe the wheels will fall off the bus and the bus will crash off the edge of a cliff. Mm. Uh, and we sort of thought when they were all over us at the beginning of the game that you know maybe we're not going to get back on track because we haven't sort of... We really haven't played well for most of the last six games besides the West Ham game. Um, you know, one win in six mm, uh, yeah. besides, besides the Europa League game. Um, it, this did potentially look like, you know, another referendum on whether this team's actually going to be any good and have any staying power. Is this team tired? Has he sort of run mm. them into the ground? Is he rotating the team enough? But in the second half, um, I thought, even though we didn't create many chances, we played really well across yeah. the board. And the sort of defining thing of the game for me was, was Deli Alley. Because before that tackle where he nearly got clip- crippled, mm. where he let Harry Kane in, he was absolutely appalling. Mm. Everything that he did went completely wrong. He was giving the ball. He actually looked like Paulinho mm. in the first sort of 20 <laughs> minutes, half an hour. Every time he got the ball, he either stood on it or he gave it away. It was a bit like, I guess, it gets, uh, was it the Newcastle game? Was yeah, it really a little bit, yeah. Game, yeah. And I think that that's the thing with Ali. It's just like he's raw, he's young. We forget he's 19 years old and he's come up two tiers of professional football. And also he's standing on the pitch very close to Moussa Dembele, yeah. which te- makes you tend to think that sort of all midfielders are like Moussa Dembele and they're not. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's making everyone else in the Premiership look very bad at the moment. I actually think he makes the rest of the team look mm. bad in comparison. But Deli Ali seems to have a even when he's not playing well he has a decisive impact in the game mm. in a way that mm. so few players do you know he scores almost every week yeah. and he always manages to put his foot in and do something which no one else you know no one else on that pitch is going to go anywhere near that 50-50 mm-hmm. which he wins to put Kane in and it was, um, a, great, it was a great advantage by the referee yeah. which has to be said yeah. because when, when, when he played the ball through to Kane Kane was what just inside their yeah. half nothing on thank god he, he, he yeah. played on Ross so some terrible defending as well oh, <laughs> yeah. that, that the, last clearance was hilarious well non-clearance kind of makes you think that could have been us normally yeah. but it was great that yeah. it was a good finish as well Oh, really really good. wonderful finish if but, you watch it in sort of real time yeah, yeah. you really whip that in it was, it was beautifully done I was going to say about Ali because wasn't he playing further forward again uh, against Southampton because wasn't it uh, Dyer and Dembele holding he started and they kind of swapped, swapped it yeah, didn't they? they swapped around a little bit and I don't think he's brilliant um, when he's tracking people mm-hmm. I mean I think like Dembele's shown this season especially when he plays a, a little bit further back and plays alongside Dyer he's shown an ability to win the ball he kicks people he, and he knocks people off the ball he's a real enforcer in a way that he wasn't before 
Deli Ali, I think, you know, is quite erratic with his tackling, and he tends to stand off people. There's a, a, a bit in the first half, um, I can't remember who it was going down uh, our right hand side, but he just effectively let the player have his, have a run, and um, I don't. I, I, that's not just sort of youthful naivety. I think he just isn't particularly good at that side of his game. I don't mm. think he's he's great as a sort of defensive midfield player. But in the box, he scores every time he gets mm-hmm. the ball. Absolutely. And it was what I'd like to sort of mention as well with the defence is that the last few weeks everyone's been talking about how wonderful out of was. I thought for Tongan had a great game. Mm. Totally, yeah. Really, really strong. Yeah. Nothing stupid. He was there the whole time. Mm. Some great blocks. Well, you know, how do you think that that partnership's working, Dan? I mean, that like, Vertonghen has been poor the previous two seasons. You know, the first season, he's yeah. only really had one great season yeah. uh, at Tottenham, and he's looked shonky besides then. You know, there's all that time he was talking about how he's going to leave, and, you know, it, it looked like we weren't going to be able to hold on to him. And you just thought, well, who's actually going to... Come know, in for who's going to mm. come in for you because you are on the way and Barcelona aren't going to you're not that young anymore Barcelona aren't going to want you but this season he has been absolutely superb that is a real defensive partnership in the mm. way that Dawson and King used to be yeah. because whenever Dawson played alongside anyone who wasn't Ledley King he could look really yeah a bit dodgy but he, he seemed to sort of assume the abilities of the person playing next to him and Alderweireld and, and uh, Vertonghen are just absolutely rock solid mm. Vertonghen's so committed now I mean there's a couple of occasions where there was real last ditch saving tackles by Vertonghen and had he not put his foot in has he not slid in it's a goal you know, Southampton definitely had more clear-cut chances than we did. Yeah. They do bring the best out of each other as well. Yeah. Which I think it's brilliant. Because as I said before, Fatongan's really only had one good season with us. Mm. And now, he seems to have gone on another level. Yeah. I think that's all down to Toby. Uh, to, yeah. yeah, to Toby. Yeah. But Toby's been, I think, our best signer in ages. Yeah, but it's He's so nice. Brilliant. But, you know, with Davison, obviously mm. Rose was ill. Davison and Walker again, you know, solid. Really solid. I think Davis looks, you know, along with... Moussa Dembele is the most sort of improved mm. players um, Davis is really kind of doesn't let anything get by him and actually I think you know is giving Danny Rose a real run yeah. for his money which is and, what we need in those positions we need it for years haven't we a bit of competition there. and Danny Rose like sort of towards the end of the last season be absolutely the first name on the team sheet you know yeah. he, he was the best player in the, in the team pretty much um, but he Davis and um, Rose are very very different players Davis is a lot slower he's a lot more like a centre back who just happens to play out wide but he showed very little last season that he was going to be decent and I think you know Davis is the most improved player this season and Dembele is the most improved player of all time I think. <laughs> he is he is a player who, even though he looked good, we always knew he was talented. Well, when we bought him, we thought, great, there's yeah. great performances mm-hmm. for Fulham, and it started off well, then he sort of got injured and played in many different sort of positions in midfield as well. Mm-hmm. But he just looks leaner now, doesn't he? And he is, you know, he is the sort of, as far as I'm concerned, the first name you put on the team sheet. I think he's just, I think he is worth the entrance money alone at the moment. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those players you just think like kind of every single week, the skill, the commitment, Everything he does is just done with just those little flicks and touches mm. that reminds you of Berbatov, it reminds you of Gaza. I mean, really does remind me of Gaza at the moment, the way that he's playing, because of the way that he just drifts past people, yeah. scares people, gets the ball off him. Because that's the other thing that Gaza was really, really great couldn't at doing. Couldn't get the ball off him. Yeah, you couldn't get the ball off him, but he would, he would run around and kick people and like make, he would scare midfields, uh, midfield players to make them think they didn't have any time on the ball. And people are always looking for where Dembele is now. Mm. He's kind of like this sort of ghost that haunts the rest of the midfield. Field. Yeah, uh, and I think you know most of most weeks the rest of the midfield can have a 
bang average game, which God knows Ericsson has had for a while, and Deli Ali is you know amazing in touches, but. Dembele and Dyer can kind of carry them and I think that's a testament to how good mm. certain other players can just do what they need to do and, and do what they do well but Dembele and, and Dyer are the the strongest basis for midfield that I've seen at this club in a really long time and if you'd said that to me at the beginning of the season I would have laughed and then vomited mm. and then laughed again But uh, where do you both stand on, on, on Ericsson? Because if you look at the way that um, Pochettino sets the team up You could argue Well is he because of Pochettino player Now we all know His undoubted skills You know Free kicks the Goals he scores Certainly last season as well Really important goals But do you think there's more We expect he saw more from Ericsson Or do you still think he's sort of Played slightly out of position You know him and Lamella Sort of Should one of them be a proper number is 10 it, you is, it, is, the, like, is the consistency with me Because he When he's playing well He's probably our best player I'd say mm. And he makes us tick but he just drifts out for three, four games. You just don't really hear much from him. But then when he is playing well, Kane plays better than Mellon next to him. But I do think when he drifts out wide, I do think we lose him a little bit. I know he's got a few goals from there, but I'd like to see him just stick in the middle and dictate the games a little bit more. He's sort of doing a little bit what he did last season and the season before, where he just looks absolutely world-class and then just sort of drops off a cliff a little bit and doesn't really get involved. The slight problem is this season he's done it a little bit earlier. You know, he's brilliant at the beginning of the season. Mm. Um, that Swansea game. But he has... You know, normally it's after Christmas where Ericsson starts to drift away. Yeah. And it seems that it's happened a little bit earlier this season. And he does have competition for those places. I mean, the other thing, you know, Sun is a sort of quite a like-for-like player skillful draws players with him and can potentially score out of nothing so he does have direct competition whereas before there was really no direct competition for Ericsson very true when he um, didn't play we knew we weren't going to create much yeah. and he, he you know he's put a few corners in and he's got a few assists from corners which god knows last season there was no prospect of that ever happening yeah. um, I've got to say also like again Lamella doesn't do very much with the ball but you know you, you really sort of saw especially when we were winning 2-0 there's a lot of players in that team who are great when we're winning and I think Lamella's very much like that Modric was always a little bit like that he would always dominate games that we were sort of slightly up in already and you just think like kind of you know this is one of the best players in Europe didn't necessarily put us out in front in the first place but really could take a game by the scruff of the neck Lamella chases people mm. when we're already winning chases the goalkeeper down when we're winning 2-0 in a way that I think is really impressive well that's improved in this yeah. game because it wasn't like that when he started I mean he was you know the, the boo boys were always on him well, what's he do he doesn't have pace he keeps losing the ball he still loses the ball too much we all yeah, know yeah. that but you know again the coaches have certainly got him working haven't they he works bloody hard Lamella and I yeah. think you know we, when we signed him we thought we were getting Gareth Bale and mm. actually we've signed Robbie Savage yeah <laughs> name. and I say that as you know I, I thought Savage was quite a good player never really kind of got his props mm. but uh, there's no reason why everyone else in the team shouldn't work that hard as well because yeah. he really does put everything into it when he hasn't got the ball but as you said it is his decision making when he has got it that's still still not great yeah yeah well, we're going to talk. Um, we're going to talk about the, the game further and, and players and, and games coming up. But first, we're going to bring in uh, a man. Uh, well, a it's his birthday, and B, um, Mr. Tottenham, uh, the most appearances in a Spurs shirt. Um, we'd like to bring in now, Mr. Steve Perriman. A very happy birthday and a welcome to Mr. Tottenham himself, Steve Perriman. How are you, Steve? Yeah, very well. Thank you for phoning, Mike. Oh, absolute pleasure. It's lovely to have you on our sort of Christmas special. Firstly, before we talk about this this big fundraiser that I know you're, you're behind, uh, Exeter City, you've got a wonderful draw in the cup against Liverpool, haven't you? Yes, 
um, people may remember back probably 10, 11 years ago, we had a similar draw away at Man United. Mm -hmm. And that, because we got a draw there, famous nil-nil draw, yeah. and um, got them back to Exeter and live on telly, and we, we maybe made about a million pounds out wow. of that. Wow. So you can imagine what it meant to this club that had been really on its knees and yeah. was close to going to extinction. So uh, it was a saviour. We're owned by the supporters and, yeah. we, uh, you know, they fund it and therefore we we haven't got the big man that we can run to when we need some money to yeah. keep us going. Yeah. So uh, we've got to keep having these, um, you know, bits of money keep coming in from transfers or cup runs and this is why this Liverpool game is so important to us. And this time it's at home yep. and uh, we look forward to it. You know, just the clock coming down to Exeter. Yeah, that's really and, interesting. Uh, you know, yeah, that would be interesting. Let's give them a, a little bit of a fright and who knows, might even get a draw out of it and take them back to Amsterdam. How does it work? I remember in the old days when you used to, the smaller clubs used to play the big clubs. The big club used to turn around and go, oh, one you play at our place, you'll make more money. Is that still the same now? Or does, is the money you now get for TV sort of mean that's more money than you get in gate receipts? I think that was stopped. Oh, was it? Oh, there we are. I didn't realise that. About five years ago. Ah. Oh, I see. Because um, actually it sort of was a little bit in the face of this is just about money. Mm. And really the FA Cup, although I've mentioned money, it really shouldn't be about that. It should be about the possibility of the small team beating the big team and, and seeing how far you can get. And also for the so extra the, fans, I mean, you know, to, to you well, know, they yeah. come week in, week out, and, you know, these That's are the games right. they, 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 they dream of, you know, and it's quite yeah, nice so you, to have it there. You imagine you're a trust owner of Exeter or, and also a season ticket holder, and you get the chance of watching this big premiership team come down to play, yeah? Yeah. And then your decision makers decide to turn it around and mm. we're going to go up to Liverpool or Manchester. Uh, it wouldn't quite have the same ring to it, would it? No. Um, so uh, I think in the name of fair play, it was right not to do that. Mm. Um, but why also I'm saying a replay would probably be the best result we could have. Yeah. And, uh, and that's not been me being too negative because maybe we could go and win up at Anfield. Yeah, well, why not? You know, that that would be amazing. Get, in, get into the next round. That'd be fantastic. Uh, before we talk about this yeah. big fundraiser coming on next year, just, just very, very quickly, you know, you're a Spurs man through and through. Obviously, you know, yep. Spurs is still the first result you look at every, you know, yep. I was going to say Saturday afternoon, mainly Sunday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> now um, yes. how, how good I mean how good do you think this team is at the moment from your perspective as a you know a man who's played, been in the game for so many years well it was easy to get out of jail whenever I spoke to Spurs supporters in the last two or three years mm. and say yeah the team's coming like the manager yeah um, and the goalkeeper is a good one yeah 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 um, and I couldn't really say a lot more about that. And then all of a sudden, Kane comes into the team, mm. and a few homegrown boys, and some better money spent this last year than probably past years. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's looking like a team. Yeah. You don't really have to then mention the goalkeeper so much, because he's obviously a top class goalkeeper yeah although he wasn't so great in the in the Newcastle loss mm. but um, in general he's a very he's a very good goalkeeper 
And now all of a sudden you're looking at Delhi, Delhi Ali and Kane, of course, who started to score goals and Mason I like in midfield and you know, there's there's a lot of good players there mm. and it's all seeming to come together and the the manager is it's being proven that he's his ideas are working with regard to this high press and, and an energy game and of course it's not going to work every game because no one, especially this season, none of the top teams win every week, do they? No. It's obvious. No. So but... you, you have to take the rough with the smooth, of course, as a supporter and there's going to be certain games where you where you feel a little bit let down. I think the, the new centre-back that's come into the team has been excellent. Mm-hmm. Toby. Yeah. And um, I just want some of the other players, um, the two fullbacks, for instance, I think have, they've still got a little bit of way to go in their improvement, especially defensively. Mm. Um, of course, they're terrific going forward. They're good footballers. Um, but, you know, there's going to be games, you know, be in Europe or otherwise, you know, hopefully in the Champions League one day in the not-too-distant future. And, you know, when they're playing top-class games against the Manchester Cities and United's and Chelsea's and all those, where, you you, you know, first of all, you've got to defend. Mm. And I sometimes think that's where we're sort of a little bit lacking. And I really, when I watch um, uh, the, the other centre-half... Tongan. Um, Tongan. As much as I like him, he always leaves me with a feeling that he could do a bit more. Yeah. And what I mean by that, I mean that, you know, centre-half in the heart of a defence, a sort of leader-type position, I think he's just got to have a bit more urgency in his legs. Mm-hmm. And to describe that, you know, when the ball goes in our net over the line, I, you know, you'd like to see a defender sort of scraping his backside on the floor in an effort to keep the ball out. Yeah. Well, he's, he's very assured and he's very sort of casually good. Well, sometimes you have to go into an emergency gear defensively to, to really put your body on the line. And that's the feeling he leaves me a little bit. Mm. Sort he of certainly, I think he certainly played with more urgency of the game. I don't know if you saw the game against Southampton at the weekend. He certainly was putting some great last-ditch blocks in that we haven't well, seen for a while from him. That's terrific. I mean, yeah, of course, he's a good player. I mean, he's, you know, arguably world-class player. Mm. So um, I'm asking for a lot, but he just... He just gives me the opinion there's a bit more there waiting to come out. Mm. And, um, you know, the quicker that comes out, then, you know, the more solidly solid we're going to be in defence. And and that gives you a good base to go and attack people and, you know, show the flair that we, we all want to see from the Tottenham team. Now you've got security at the back. Absolutely. You mentioned there the sort of young British players coming through. And we've been saying on the show quite a lot this season, there's real echoes to the sort of early 80s team that you captain with these sort of homegrown players coming in, uh, a, a, a manager and a coach that the players seem to believe in, camaraderie, there actually seems to be some togetherness, which has not happened at White Hart Lane for a long time. Do you see those similarities as well? Yes. Yeah. Um, it's nice if you've got some relevance to your club yeah. by the presence of homegrown players. I've always said never undersell the worth of a homegrown player. Now, I know that's easy to do because, you know, when I joined the club in the 60s, 
Bill Nicholson was famed for bringing in sort of top class mm. players from outside. Probably only one a year. It wasn't, you know, the, the, the mass signings of, of, of current years. But um, therefore, the, the sort of homegrown players went further and further down the list mm. of being able to get in. Well, of course, you've got to be good enough to get in. And then, you know, all of a sudden you get to the, you know, we had some problems in the 70s and then we get to the 80s. And mm. then there's, a, there's a, a base of the team that I always keep talking about. And, you know, Steve Berman's captain has been at the club for some years. And there's a relevance in that because mm. I know what that club stands for and I know what the supporters expect. And I'm going to pass it on to the rest of the players. Yeah. And coming up as sort of lieutenants, not no, no disrespect, because Hodder was a magnificent player, but he backs that up because he's as good as any signing Tottenham has ever made, mm. and he's homegrown. Mm. And I think I was as good a leader as Tottenham I've had for you know the last 30, 40 years. Absolutely. And I was homegrown. So now all of a sudden you've got ability from the homegrown element. And you put with that the, the heart of a, of a Paul Miller and the, the cleverness of a, of a Mike Hazard and, you know, the Galvin and Roberts, of course, come from non-league. And, um, you know, you've got a base there where when you sign people coming in and it wasn't from so far afield, although, of course, Ozzy and Ricky were the exceptions, but uh, then you've got You've got people that know the structure of the club, how it all works. And guess what? I was passing on the messages from Bill Nicholson, who mm. was, you know, in a team meeting, would be saying to us, who's the most important people at this club? And you wouldn't answer because you thought it was a trick question. Mm. And he'd say the supporters. And it's the supporters because they put their money every week. The season ticket holders particularly, they're putting their money on the line before the ball's kicked. Mm. And they're allowing me the money to go and sign some, you know, good players and keep the you know keep the momentum going and you know they're the ones who are never going to leave us I will it's pointing to itself you all will one day when you get old and those people stay with the club mm. and that's why they're the most important and, and of course that's what once I'm convinced of that I'm going to pass those messages on to the other players and I would say you know within within a month or two months or three months of being there that's what I was telling Ozzy and Ricky yeah. and you know then all of a sudden they're, they're, get, they're joining in on the, on the bandwagon of it and we're all going in the same direction and I think that's really important at any club Absolutely well let's move on to uh, this fundraiser coming on next year this is a very fascinating stat that came out this week Harry Kane obviously uh, played his 100th game for Spurs at the weekend and scored and there's a stat that's yes. just come out that in the first 100 games in a Tottenham shirt Number. Kane has scored 42 goals I believe oh. Sheringham has scored 46 but the man we're going to talk about now in his first 100 games at Spurs scored 92 yeah. goals <laughs> and we're obviously talking about the greatest striker Spurs have had Jimmy Greaves now obviously you played with Jimmy we, we had Jimmy on the live show last Christmas very sadly then he had a stroke and is slowly yeah. um, well please God getting back to where he was tell us about this fundraiser and, 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 and what Jimmy Greaves is like as a man and a player that you played with I saw Jimmy Greaves uh, about three Mondays ago. Oh, great. Um, after I went to the Chelsea game on the Sunday, I went to visit him on the Monday. There's a long way to go, mm -hmm. but 
he is improving. His speech is improving dramatically, oh, great. which is great. He's still got his wit. He's still got his humour. He's still got a very sharp brain. And, um, of course, he's not got any sort of extra movement yet on his right-hand side. So, right. um, but, yeah, so it's going to be a long job. Yeah. We're trying to have this fundraiser to help him... Uh, get the treatment that he needs he deserves it because he's a great man he's uh he was a professional goal scorer mm, he right. was a, uh, he is such a nice guy um he never blows his own trumpet he would never tell you about his goal scoring exploits and i made him laugh when i was with him in his hospital room because he he asked me to get this uh, schedule off the board and I took it from under the magnet and took it across to him and now I'm looking over his shoulder. And the schedule for that day was rehab in the morning, lunch, rest period, and that was the period I was talking to him in, and um, uh, and guess what was next? The next block in bold letters was goal setting. Right. I said, Jim, you greedy sod. <laughs> Can you not leave some goals for somebody else? Have you not had enough goals in your life? Give someone else a chance. You know, anyway, of course, it brought a smile to his face. But as he told me, you know, later on, his goal is to, to walk, maybe aided by a stick, and be able to go in there on my own into the sort of toilet bathroom area. Mm. So we want to try and help him do that. And uh, so all the old players are going to turn up, particularly from the 80s, but yeah. some from the 70s as well, like Martin Chivers and Cliff Jones and, and people like that, possibly Alan Mallory, but not, we're not quite sure yet. Yeah. And we're going to do the theatre event in Stevenage. Right. Uh, it's at the Stevenage Concert Hall on Friday the 26th of February in the new year. Uh, it's £35 a ticket to come. We're all going to give, we'll be on stage and we're all going to give our version of what our link was with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And we've all got different stories to tell about that. And I'm, I'm actually excited to listen to the other stories of yeah. people there. For instance, my story, or one of my stories is that, uh, that, uh, 17 in the first team, yeah. get my chance. Given a number 11 shirt, I'm not going to moan about that. I want any shirt I can get as long as it's got that cockle on. And then after six months, Jimmy leaves and gets swapped with Martin Peters. And, of course, the senior players, no one wanted to wear Jimmy Greaves' shirt because it's a bloody big shirt, not in size, but in stature to wear. So naive Steve gets given the the uh, number eight shirt, which is great while you're playing well and you're doing, you know, doing your job, etc. And then all of a sudden, as happens to every young player that gets in Tottenham's team, you know, you start to sort of have a little bit of a tricky spell and it's how you come through that to how good you're going to be eventually. And uh, I started getting letters in my sort of struggling period of people saying, supporters saying, do you realise you're wearing Jimmy Greaves' shirt? <laughs> you don't even have a shot. <laughs> what are you doing? Come on, liven yourself up. 
So I thought that was particularly sort of funny or interesting or whatever. And um, and the other story was about early days in the team with Jim playing a very tricky game at Bradford City on ice in the FA Cup third round, my first ever time in the FA Cup. And during the first half, I try unusually to put a ball through someone's legs and it gets cut out and they break on us and they score. So half-time is getting a little bit sort of heated because of, of, we're not playing that well. And Bill Nick keeps mentioning that Jimmy, keep, you know, move left to right, make, make space, make a position because Steve must have been trying to find you through the legs. So, you know, make sure you're moving. And after about the fourth mention of this in the dressing room, Jimmy stands up and says, Steve, don't ever try that again through someone's legs because I've got the biggest pollocking I've ever had for it. <laughs> which, is, which is typically Jim, you know. Yeah, so uh, that, that was his humour coming out. Terrific guy, great goal scorer. The reason a lot of people support Tottenham Hotspur is because of the, oh, the, the, the fun, the smiles he bought, the joy he bought, the success he helped bring to the club. Mm. The stature that he, you know, he added to the the, the gloss and the shine of a, of a Tottenham Hotspur team, mm. and uh, we want to try and help him. And uh, it'll be a good night, you know. Old players are going to turn up and, and say their bit, and you know we'll probably have a comedian on stage out of respect to Jim, and yeah. there'll probably be a comedian from Dagenham telling the Dagenham jokes that yeah. Jimmy uses if he's not not alongside a Dagenham yeah. comedian and uh, we're going to have a great night oh that'd be great well look many many people out there I know will, will definitely want to come now they've got now they've got the details and um, I mean I mean, Lovely. because obviously you know we all know Jimmy um, the last few years he's, he's been on that after dinner circuit you know we had him and he's yeah. wonderful and obviously now there's illness he can't do it so he obviously needs funds not just for his re- rehabilitation but he's obviously not earning anymore well, so that, it's so important right. yeah so it's so important well, yeah. that many of you out there can, we love him that we yeah. love him that much whatever he needs the funds for you know god bless him and mm. we want to try and help him do you know? have the box office number there or people just look it up and for the stevenage i uh, don't i don't okay what's so what's the theater again steve what's the theater people need to contact concert hall okay the stevenage concert hall fine give him a call and maybe i mean maybe the few days of christmas that could be a nice christmas present to get your your father or uncle or whatever and go here's two tickets for february to come and see i guarantee you you'll enjoy it if you turn up you'll enjoy it that'd be wonderful look steve thank you so much happy birthday again have a wonderful christmas new year good luck against liverpool and hopefully we'll see you on the show very very soon thanks a lot steve cheers bye bye well that was wonderful steve perriman who came on our first live show many many years ago and that's uh, great so hopefully as many of you as possible can go to that event while i'm talking about events uh, we can now announce our next live show i know many of you listening came to the birkenshaw shreve one only a few weeks ago but our end of season show we're back at the old 100 club uh, where we first started doing the shows on oxford street and it's going to be on Thursday, May the 19th, which is the day after, wishful thinking, day after the Europa League final in Basel. So if we're all in Basel, we'll fly back that day down to the 100 Club and we finally got them together, Ozzy Ardiles and Ricky Villa. Ricky's flying over from Argentina for this event. So again, if you want to uh, get uh, some nice Christmas presents for someone, tickets are on sale there. Go to live.spurshow.net for the end of season live show uh, on May the 19th. And gentlemen, Ross and Dan, I mean, I mean, I mean, we're sort of nearly halfway through the season now. How you know? Come come the end of the season, where do you think we're, we could both 
realistically um, end up. It's just such a funny old season that you really don't know. Uh, if it was this time last year with the same team, I'd have said just outside the top four. I think we're a little bit too lightweight in our squad. But now I think we have to be aiming for the top four. But as ever... Well, we're in it. We're in the top we four are. now. Yeah. But as ever, it's the January transfer window where we always need to invest, but just seem to never really do it. Or we just get the people in that don't quite cut it. Yeah. So I think if we can get, we definitely need another striker. Maybe well, we've even been, two. We've been saying it. And, and obviously mm-hmm. Clinton and Jai, who's uh, not a like-for-like uh, centre-forward, he's now out of ligament trouble. Um, so we're now, mm-hmm. one of the two strikers they yeah. say would come in to sort of help mm-hmm. Kane. And you can all agree, since the injury, Son hasn't played brilliantly since he's come back. There is, I mean, Dan, where do you stand on the transfer window? And I know we, we say this every bloody season about getting another striker in, but you can't, we can't keep relying on Harry Kane week in, week out, can we? Well, I think it'd be nice if we did sign Berahino, <laughs> but I can't see that happening given that uh, West Brom are one of those hundreds of clubs but he's not getting that, a game at West Brom now is he yeah he's but I mean I, I, I think I think he would he would sort of do a job for us and him and Kane would be kind of mm. quite a partnership but I think West Brom would rather sell to anyone other than us and I think Levy's kind of pissed on those chips really but uh, I think a striker is really all we need at this stage there's no other part of that team I think God that part of the team really needs strengthening because there's always someone on the bench there's always kind of like a young player now that Pochettino can put into the team and can fit into what has turned out to be a pretty coherent system Mm. you know I was before like towards the end of last season especially I did sort of like think you know I can see what Pochettino is trying to do but that doesn't necessarily mean that he is a good manager this season because I just thought it was a little it was the high press game there wasn't that much more to it than that but this season I have been very, very impressed. I've seen amongst some of the best performances I have ever seen as a Spurs fan. I would say West Ham at home, mm. albeit against a poor opposition, you know, in nearly 30 years ago into the lane, that's up there in, I'd say, the top five really? performances top I've ever seen. Really? Top five? Mm. Well, just because of the skill, it wasn't just, like, the fact that we beat them. Mm. It was just the level of skill and the, the quality of some of the moves, some of the things that we tried. Every single player across the board, I just, like, it was just one of those eye-wateringly good performances where I just think I, you know at the time I thought I'm always going to remember this mm. and I think this team has the potential to be one of the best Spurs teams that I've seen it, although it could still finish sixth or seventh it's, I mean it's so tight in those positions but I mean being, being a, 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 a long serving pessimistic Spurs fan I have to have my say if we get injuries which you know you look at oh, the Arsenals of this world have had a lot of injuries if we get injuries in key positions so let's start the centre-backs, you know, they shoe in game in, game out. If one gets injured, you probably go Vimmer, who has only played in the Europa. We'd struggle. If, if we'd struggle. And then if he can't play, you've then got Fazio returns. Mm-hmm. Um, midfield, Dye, again, Dye gets Anna, injured. Yeah. Dye gets injured. Mason comes in, who's injured at the moment. Yeah. Bentaleb, who obviously has also yeah. been injured and hasn't hit the ground running when he's come back in. And we've got game after game. We've got the cup games coming up. We've got Europa, Fiorentina coming up. You know, that's okay. I know, look, you can't strengthen every position. I get that. But they've got to look at that. The problem we've had with Harry Kane this season, brilliant that he's been, despite the dip in form, is that near the end of games like the Newcastle game, where you just go, he's tiring, it's not happening and all that. Can we get someone coming on who'll be in the same positions and do the same kind of things? Because if you get a son coming on... it. 
tactically it, things change yeah. and the players are drilled into getting the ball to Kane or hold it up or bring it wide Walker comes forward we, you know, we know how it works they've got to get someone who can play that similar position surely I, I, although I think even if it's not the finished article but there is quite a lot of cover in that team more than we probably thought there would have been at the beginning of this season so you know Rose you would have thought that's you know he, he's a real quality player but there's cover there there's a, a left back yeah. who is almost as good um, Walker I think has been a revelation this season he's gone from being terrible last season mm-hmm. and he's been in sort of terminal decline and he's ended up being really good made a couple of big serious mistakes as he's sort of mm-hmm. but he's almost as good this season as I think he was in his first season but again we've got players who can potentially slot in and play right back although Trippier has not looked particularly brilliant but I sort of think he will come good in the way that players do mm-hmm. under Pochettino that midfield um, you know there are players be terrible shame to lose them but there are players that you can swap in and swap out there Dembele and Dyer are probably irreplaceable but there are players that you could sort of fix in and I think you know Harry Kane gets injured mm. well then, you've got, you got, you got, you got, you got the knock yeah. we're talking about Southampton everyone's like oh no but yeah. you, you can't replace him but you can't that's what happens when you have an amazing striker that's what happens when you have a, a goal scoring striker who is in incredible form if they get injured there isn't going to be anyone who kind of mm. comes straight in I think we do need somebody else who could I think we're one great striker away from potentially being absolute you know, nailed on top four because yeah. well, we had Dan Rotman on a few weeks ago, and it was interesting what he said. He said we're one superstar like a Gareth Bell mm-hmm. away from challenging for the title. He thought we yeah. were that good if we got unearthed that great player. And you know, the thing is, we're now fourth. You look at the games coming up, which we'll be discussing in the next uh, podcast coming out over Christmas, and you sort of think, you know, the games are, are winnable coming up. Surely and now again, I know we say this every season, the board have got to go out like they should have done a few years back under Redknapp, we ended up with Nelson Sahar. Go out and get, look, we know, we know from the money we spent on Bell, we're not saying a player's going to come in that fits in, we all get that as fans, but at least try, at least show the fans, okay, we really think we've got a chance of top four, top three maybe, who knows, and a nice cup one. But We'd who is that cup. player though? Well, yeah. I mean, look, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a scout, I'm not a coach and, you know, whatever. But there's got to be players out there, maybe from the slightly lower divisions, or you said a you know, just go out. And t- I mean, what I'd love to see, but it, it won't happen, is that <clears throat> if we really had the money and whatever, I'd, I'd go in and go, Everton, here's 40 million, <laughs> we want Lukaku off you. I know they probably won't sell, but at least yeah. show that yeah. kind of intent. Or Vardy? You know, I don't think it was the top of the league, Leicester. Why, you know, why would you want to yeah. leave when you're top of the league? Look, but I, I, think, but I think it's like, not ideal, but... Mares is an example of the type of player who's thriving in the Premiership at the moment. Mm. You know, there are players out there. Mares was talked about, wasn't, you know, doing that much in the French league. He was always considered to be kind of a talented player. But, you know, he's not sort of 21. He'd been around um, the mm. block a couple of times in the, the sort of French youth leagues. And... He's just fitted into a system. Nowadays, it's more about fitting into systems than just being a dyed-in-the-wall yeah. superb player because if you spend 25, 30 million on a player, there's no guarantee that he's going to work in your system. There's this talk that we're potentially going to buy that Belgian guy, Mickey, what's his name? Mickey Batshuo or whatever he's called, um, who potentially is going to be uh, a sort of another striker and play alongside Kane. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you don't, I don't think anyone is a sort of nailed-on 
cert mm. nowadays and really is more about unearthing players mm. finding players you can you can have a player who can change your fortunes for seven or eight million as much as you can for sort of 40 million but you look at our sort of you know plus some who are 13 14 with the top four like the ones standing out now yeah. with the goal difference another striker can come in who might give us in a tight game another nine ten goals than we're not going to get at the moment could make a huge difference that's what we, we need Sun to do though League. yeah really. absolutely mm. absolutely if Sun does that then you know I mm. think we're we're nailed on Champions League. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, very, very quickly, last week, uh, Theo Delaney hosted the show with Kieran Brennan and Paolo Kewitt. Kieran Brennan uh, from Football Manager, uh, the Football Manager game, and he very kindly set a competition to win the Football Manager 2016 game. He talked about Paolo's wonderful book he wrote quite a few years ago, uh, which was entitled The Greatest Footballer You Never Saw. And he asked, who was that footballer? Uh, um, on that book was based on the answer was Reading's Robin Friday Robin Friday and we put the competition last week on Twitter and the winner was Jersey Spur so Jersey Spur on Twitter will be in touch you'll be getting a brand new copy of Football Manager 16 very very soon right gentlemen well thank you so much for joining us as I said we're going to do a, 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 a show coming up probably in a few days time just after Christmas maybe even Christmas Day look out for it in your inbox just go to uh, spurshow.net all the links there to Facebook, Twitter, ACAR, SoundCloud, iPhone, many, many ways you can get download the show for free. But uh, until that next show, download, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Ross Siegel, thank you so thank much. You. Merry Christmas, everyone, and Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2016. Come on, you Spurs. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.